Listen, can I? I just did it. I want to tell you guys what being an adult is like. Listen. And you guys are both 36, so you understand. Does it have anything to do with hot dogs? Oh, God, I made the best chili dogs today. No, what what being an adult is like is Braden and I, for three days now, have wanted to trade Pokemon on our Game Boys. It's in there. And have not been able to. That's what, like, kids, that's what you're looking forward to. You remember all those days that you were just trading Pokemon and yeah, battling you, you with just, your Link You cables? thought about it back then, and it happened. Yeah, because you had nothing but time. I have had my Game Boy with me for days, and so has Braden, and we just keep being like, when we get that 15 minutes to trade yeah, Pokemon, we're going to do this. I go to bed at night, and I, I pray to God, and I, I thank him for all the blessings of the day and Absolutely. You know, absolve all my sins, Amen. but I also pray that I can hook up with Jeffrey and get those Pokemons traded. And I think, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then while I'm praying, I say, sorry, God, I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to be a little more mindful of my swearing. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think we should Hell make some space yeah. in the day so these guys can do some trading. I think we should. I think we should uh, broadcast it live. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't have a capture card on my 3DS. We can't stream that. Guys, listen. Yesterday, I am headed down to Seattle for a wrestle show. We all know. As you do. As wrestling? I do. Smack it down. I had to kind of pee when I left the house, and I'm not very good at like understanding those messages from my body. Like I just sort of like backburn that because I'm like, I'm placing an order. I'll pee later or whatever. Right. Uh, we stopped by Burlington, get that Popeyes. Love that chicken from Popeyes. Got that, got a large Sprite with my meal, drank the Sprite, got down pretty close to Seattle and really needed to pee at that point because like I had registered needing to pee before we left. So I'm like an hour and a half into this urinary awareness. And uh, urinary awareness. Urinary awareness. Now you're plosives. Urinary awareness. Urinary. Urinary awareness. Oh, no. Um, so, what do you do if you're going to a wrestle show and it's at the key arena and you're driving to Seattle? Exactly. You got stop a, at the University got a Safeway. Pringles can in the car. And mm-hmm. you buy yourself a big old fat beer. And you try and do that at a Safeway where there's always a bathroom that you can pee in. <coughs> University Safeway very cleverly does not have a restroom because of probably all the heroin. Right. Um, so, I go in there, I buy my big old fat beer. And I ask if they have any bathrooms. They don't have any. So we then are making our way to the key arena. I'm like, I can probably hold this. But I'm getting like, I need to pee. Pretty sure I can hold it. The key arena, we're like, we'll just do, sit in the parking there like we did in L.A. for the Sable Center for that one. Uh, can, I, can I put in for one yeah, second? Yeah, please do uh, get in here. The, uh, the pee arena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Braden Smith, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, get, I'm headed down to the pee arena. The thing about the pee arena that is unique to the pee arena is, is it the key arena? It's the <laughs> key arena. Key urinary arena. They don't have any parking like as part of the thing. So all that you have is your classic Seattle thirty dollar event parking. Chia. <laughs> needing to pee, not going to pay $30 for parking. <laughs> so I'm needing to pee. It's Sean and I. I got this big old fat beer. 
Got to get that going. Not while I'm driving, of course. Um, of course. Absolutely not. Keep no. just sort of spiraling out, metaphorically and literally, looking for a reasonably placed parking spot. Find one just covered in broken car glass. So we figure that's probably going to be reasonably priced because I'm sure there's not security in it. Well, lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place. Exactly. No security. $15 event parking. Beautiful. So we get that, but I'm like really need to pee at this point. And we're in this parking lot that's sort of filling up. It's covered by broken glass. I'm like, I am now at this point way too far from the arena to walk into the arena, pee, and come back to my car to drink this big old fat beer. And at this point, I decide that I'm going to just drink the big old fat beer <laughs> uh-huh. so that I can walk into that arena juiced, you know? I want to be riding that. Well, juiced and, and, and still needing to pee? Well, no, because then you can pee in the can. The beer can. Uh, it's a big old fat bottle. No. It's a big old no. outburst bottle. Well, chug that so whole thing. strong. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> truly, the question was, can I fit more liquid in me? And Before if I, I can, pee. Can I make it an enormous <laughs> diuretic? Like, meh. I tried it. I, <laughs> I, uh, I drank the whole big old fat beer, got it deep in me. Um, and then we paid, and we started just waddling off to the arena. I got my hair done up. I'm Bailey. I, we got our huge-ass signs and glowing pink. Um, get to the arena. Got to stand in line to get in there. But this thing is, about 100 yards from the arena, I was like... I, the, mo- uh, the most unique pee needing to, to pee feeling ever happened to me. And I just got this, like, very sharp pain Ooh. in my, my bladder. Like, not like, oh, I need to pee and I'm stretching myself. Like, well, like rupture? It felt like a don't say, bag. Don't say that word. A bag or a balloon that was too big and then it tore. Like, yeah. like stretch marks in a leg or something. Like, I could see it just sort of. Uh, and like a couple, and like so, I'm walking at this one, and every step is like an already need to piss, and then a giant beer on top of it. Hmm. So I'm like 80 percent liquid at this point, and every step that's, is that's triggering. <laughs> What's that? You're like 90 some percent liquid at all times. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm like 160. <laughs> I'm 80 percent of 160 pounds of liquid. <laughs> Which is still, I guess, not the right statistic. <laughs> You're a whole so lot I'm of like, liquid. So I'm like a hundred. I'm more weight than my own body weight in alcohol <laughs> at this point. Um, got got over there. I'm like every step is stinging, uh, and I thought that I was gonna piss my pants. And for the first time, I understood pissing your pants. I got it, guys. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't do it, but I got it. I was like, at this point, I think that I'm in so much pain that I need to pee or else I'm actually going to be bleeding inside. And it's not just like, oh, I was so full of piss, I couldn't hold it anymore. I could keep holding it, but I was actually, every step was causing me damage. So I was, at that point, I was like, I could see the door and I was like, do I just stop and piss right here in my pants in front of everybody? Of course, the answer was no. I got in there. I peed. It hurt. A lot. I was almost expecting there to be blood. There wasn't. That's good. There was yeah. no stones. I was like, this is going to be what gave good, me a good, kidney stone. Good. And uh, and I got it out. I had to pee again like 10 minutes after that. Like just another big old fat piss. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. A lot of liquid. It was a lot of liquid. It was a lot of bad events. But it really put me in touch with like, this is why you should pee. 
more regularly. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, yeah. Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast by the Benevolent Comics Place in <laughs> Bellingham, Washington. Where we try really hard to bring you your books. <laughs> and also you with you. read comics. Building a borderline religious-like following and sense of community. <laughs> um, Hallelujah. What, in addition do we have to a band things, <laughs> Do we have a church band? I'll be the church band bass player. Mm. Oh, what a sweet time. The Marvel Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you guys, I said van, not band. <laughs> you guys, we are getting right off into the goofs. We are in the midst of, in the midst of an intro here. We're every two Tuesday, we get ready with our goofs, and sometimes we just throw them out there. Yes, mm. we do. Yes, mm. we do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, comings and goings of our life. <laughs> Those happen, too. <laughs> Where we get a bunch of books, we sort them, pick the ones we're really excited about, take them home, read them. There was so many this week. So many. Um, bring, our, bring our precious bodies back to this safe space of the hallowed halls of justice. And we, we engage in a very uh, witty and charming and love-filled uh, banter about our lives. Fuck. About the books, <laughs> our shop, and the comings and goings of our lives. And we work really hard not to swear. Uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Django. <laughs> I'm Roman. I'm Brayden. I guess I'm the only one doing laser sounds this time. I mean, that was a one-time bit, I thought. And then, actually, I forgot about... I wasn't here last few times. Oh, yeah, you wanted to do a thing. Yeah, we're going to make up, like, a real quick bio on the spot. Um, I'm Brayden, and I'm not trying that hard not to swear. (laughs) There you go. I'm Jeff, and I'm putting an amount of energy into trying not to swear. I'm Django, and I've got uh, more than an average number of arms. I'm Roman. I have more than the average number of swears. <laughs> <laughs> How hard are you uh, working on not using them or using them? Ah, fuck you. Use- <laughs> oh! Yahtzee! I don't think we can double explicit lyrics this podcast. This week we're going to talk about Rugrats. Fuck yeah. Rugrats. And Maestros. 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 And... The Incredible <laughs> 709. Roman. That was an adorable face you made to make that sound. Was it? Oh, yay. And uh, The Invincible Iron Man, I think. 593. <laughs> 593. <laughs> Surprise, guys. We're going to talk for just a real quick second about Batman 33. Listen, did we talk about Batman last week? Probably. He's Probably. one of the, he's the fifth member of the podcast. We, we do need to talk about Batman more often, you know. We always oh, ignore Batman. He's not getting yeah. enough of that yeah. speech. He's that love. Yeah. And before we talk about Batman another time, uh, next week, probably, we're going <laughs> to talk about Kid Lobotomy number one. I'm not saying a damn word about that book. Well, I'm going to talk about Kid Lobotomy number Kid one. Kid Lobotomy. Listen, Django, loose lips, sink ships. Brayden, <laughs> I'm going to have a hard a time book. remembering what happened in Maestros and what happened in Kid Lobotomy. I totally agree. They're t- they're very different books, but something about them. So you're saying I only need to read one of them? Or read half of one and half of the other. I don't oh, know. That's okay, a okay. really good idea. This is, this is your brain, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you pay this brain. My brain is only 80% my own brain, and it's 20% a data download from Django. It's, a, it's an operating system <laughs> an invoice trying upload. to boot itself over and over and over again. <laughs> and, and any day it could be Failed. floating in pee and beer. <laughs> oh, man, Pickled. I almost I burst. Uh, speaking of Pokemon, is it true that the Rugrats are just Pokemons in people suits? Fuck, I love Reptar. I love Rugrats. Sorry. I think that we've Listen, got a lot locked and loaded for Jeff, Rugrats. Chip and I have been holding back. You know, we've got a veritable dam in front of this rushing torrent of Rugrats analysis. I mean, I don't want to spoil. Russians have nothing to do with this. I am I excited. I think they do. Klaski Supo? 
Class gig super. One of those members is from Oingo Boingo. Oh, that makes and sense. And they went on to do all the Rugrats music. Uh, listen, <laughs> Brayden, um, <laughs> this is the first book I read this week. Couldn't have been more excited about it. I named my childhood bear that I still have uh, given to my mother the day I was born. Uh, I named it Chucky as soon as I was old <gasps> enough to understand naming things because Rugrats was my favorite show. But before you'd seen Chucky the horror movie. Still haven't seen it because the Good. because I don't want to taint the name. Good. I'm you not tainting that name. That that those. Listen, movies. my first oh, bear, yeah. my first bear was named Rocket. So, oh. and that was just because because one rockets are cool, aren't they? Though two <laughs> rock and roll. Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and three, I eventually was going to work in a comic shop. So what I'm trying to say is I wasn't as into Rugrats as you, maybe. Man, I don't. But know. But no, I loved it. Uh, gosh. Rugrats number one. Rugrats number one wait, by Box Brown. Wait, 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 what's is there stuff in this in this book? Listen, if you're one of those many <laughs> folks at home who is clamoring to get their hands on a Rugrats number one and you have not yet, mm. and you're afraid of what spoilers lay in store on this gym, this artistic accomplishment, um, you gotta step aside, you gotta pause it, you gotta get your hands on Rugrats or any of the other books that we're reading, and you have got to get that data in yeah, you. Yeah, I was gonna say Rugrats probably is the <clears throat> least of your worries. I mean, there's some good spoilers. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, spoilers are like reptars. Go on, they're they're they they claw you up and they're mean. You've got me. I like it. <laughs> okay, Killer okay. Reference. <laughs> there's some. There's okay. My first ever Rugrats reference. I almost texted yeah. Django and Roman last night uh, when I got home from <laughs> Rasslefest after I read this book, and I thought to myself, God, what a rewarding read, stimulating, challenging. Uh, wonderful. Probably not as itch scratchy if you did not love the show as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you had a child that was too old to love the show? You mean born too late? Has that happened yeah. already? Too young. Too too young. Old sophisticates appreciate the Rugrats. Have people started having children post Rugrats? I don't know. I don't even know when this was out. I just know. 90, 92, I bet. No, 90, 94, 95 at least. I'm, I'm like, going nowhere okay. with this. All I can think is boring too late. <clears throat> oh. um, can I get the opinions of people who don't like Rugrats or didn't love Rugrats while I find out when this show ran? 1990 to 2006. 90? I think really? so. My opinion on this book wow. was that it really highlighted how stupid little kids are. <laughs> or how thinking thinking that they can they draw well enough to trick their dad's <laughs> video camera and thinking that a, a drone is a bird and then rolling around in a, a hole that apparently is made out of poop. There's a very healthy Mad Max reference in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I it um they just they I'm I'm glad I'm a grown up and I'm not it's, as it, dumb as kids anymore. But it's Listen. about the purity of the imagination. Oh Roman. <laughs> that, that's, you like that, a rugrat. No, I was just making a joke. That's code for stupid. <laughs> for oh, dumb kids. Oh, my good gosh. <laughs> no. I was actually joking. I really liked this book. Yeah, actually, you really I, liked I, it. I, I, I really liked it. Um, <gasps> it. The technology. So, basically, it, it follows a uh, couple of little kids. I don't know any of their names, but uh, their parents have... I think become very technologically advanced because since they certainly weren't in 1990 the show. or whenever the show was. Yeah. They weren't in the show. Um, 
And I think that that's just showing you that this is a gritty reboot, not not your not your own Rugrats. <laughs> the parents found technology. <laughs> not your dad's Rugrats. Not your own Rugrats. This is an all new Rugrats. All new, all different. Oh God. Um, Rugrats now. <laughs> so Rugrats rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids are uh, kind of adapting to the parents having all these devices that spy on them, and uh, I. By by the end, the parents have messed up by not paying enough attention to their kids, and the kids are maybe permanently scarred from being spied on by drones <laughs> and uh, a pig on the on the what the, the pig on the dresser, like what whatever that is, like the elf um, on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, it's like an elf on the shelf. We're not getting into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I thought it was. I thought it was well written. I thought that the cliffhanger felt a little bit weird for a. Nickelodeon book. <laughs> um, it was, it's very like. <laughs> oh, I love that. There's like episodes where like he's the Maltese Falcon and stuff. Like they're always doing like weird. I hyper... It's like the Maltese Milk Ball or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so this is like home movies, but for a younger set. For even younger set, it's yeah. like this was what the home movies people were raised on before they were introduced to home movies. Okay. If I'm speaking for myself. Then I like Rugrats more. I thought it was so weird the amount of parents talking about technology that was going on. And I get that it's also part of the story. Like, they kind of fucked up by, you know, in- integrating so much technology in there. But just, like, hearing Chaz and Stu talking about the number of likes that they're going to get. Yeah. And like, they kind of hit you over the head with yeah, it. Yeah, that was a little heavy-handed. I, I actually laughed out loud because, like, this is so weird. It's like an adult was like, I learned these things that kids but are yeah about. that's the thing about it is like it's absolutely true because that's what like our my mom does all the time when she like finds something new she like tried to add me on like snapchat the other day and it's like uh <laughs> <laughs> thanks mom i don't even have jeff on snapchat yeah no yeah i got you on snapchat good cb raiden <laughs> sure <laughs> uncle i don't know what it is <laughs> but you know you know parents like they get they get really excited about apps and some things they found on the internet and so they talk about it with other parents. Like it's, it, it did feel a little heavy-handed, but like, it also felt very true. Yeah. To those those darn olds and the I, technology. I was bothered that there was there was such a focus on it, but the phrasing and all of that seemed completely natural. Also, I got a new phone yesterday, and <laughs> I, when I was setting it up, I set it to have larger icons, and I want to get rid of that, but I'm not really sure how, and I Aww. think I'm just going to live with it. And Maybe if you ask your son, he might be able to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just going to laugh at me. Mm-hmm. Listen, Jenga, you can, like, code your way out of a paper bag, so... I can. I can, but I can't change the size of the icons on my goddamn iPhone. That's <laughs> one of iPhones. One of Apple's <laughs> many appeals is that yeah. you can't really change anything about them. Oh, you can change this. Oh, Daddy just doesn't know how. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> Speaking of daddies, Rugrats. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. Like the art style doesn't look exactly like the TV show. Like they're, no, it's clearly. And I love the original art style. This yeah. is it's kind of doing its own thing. I I nev- mean, it never bothered me too much, but Tommy's face sometimes felt a little too off. But it was never like so much that I didn't like it or something. It's worth mentioning that. Um, there was a monthly Rugrats comic book series when I was like four or five. And yeah. It's the only monthly comic book I ever had delivered to me in my entire life. I was, I was subscribed to the, the monthly Rugrats comic I book. I think as I was might have been getting it too. I was getting the Nickelodeon magazine. Yeah. So I mean, so imagine that was I was interesting the facts for growing minds. Oh my gosh! What a commercial! Nick, 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 Nick. You know it. You know it. Yeah, yeah. So if you want a slice of purity, this book is that. It's like totally. 
innocent and wonderful, and they don't swear a ton, which is good because I'm trying not to swear this episode. Wee wee pants. Uh, they say wee wee pants. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was uh, really I'm happy to know that people who had no history with Rugrats liked it because. It felt like one of those books that I'm like, okay, it seems like only people with nostalgia are going to get into this. No, no. Cause, and yeah. I couldn't tell after I finished it. I'm like, I liked it, but I couldn't tell if it was just I that. I loved it. Yeah, before I read this, I didn't know which one was Chucky and which one was Tommy. But, And I love this thing in the center when they go into the backyard and this whole metaphorical journey here with, what if what if there are answers in these holes? They're <laughs> always like, oh my gosh. in the show. <laughs> you know what? We need to start watching a little bit more Rugrats here in the shop. Yeah. Right. Let's do that um, on the Pokemon trade day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put it in the schedule right now. I see. I, re- I really like Chucky. He's he's a ball of anxiety. Yeah, he's, <laughs> oh, that is yeah. what he is. And Tommy's just this like shining light of hope, and mm. bravery. He's the best. Uh, did we ten? Oh ho! Whoa! <laughs> no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I absolutely think that it is not a thing that most people would be into. I'm actually pretty pleasantly surprised to hear that both of you guys were as into it as you are. I love it because it really is one of my favorite properties to ever exist. It, like, was my favorite show growing up for years before I met things like Batman and Ninja Turtles and and the like. I, I'm going to give it a six for me. Probably give it a seven, seven and a half for a kid. I... Or, or, kid, or kid at heart. Or kid at heart. Yeah, sure. Um, or kid lobotomy. <laughs> oh god, that's uh, issue two. <laughs> Chucky, no, your brain. <laughs> Cut out his brain, you bloody baboon. <laughs> I don't know that it's. I don't. I'm not going to read the next issue, probably. Oh, I will. But uh, after that cliffhanger, yeah, I, I'm always impressed when somebody can take a book that is definitely not written for me and still get me all the way through it <laughs> uh ms marvel did it like that is not a django book i've read the first three or four or five trades on that um rugrats definitely a kid's book and i read the whole thing i wouldn't i wouldn't say no if jeff brow beat me into reading the next one but i'm probably not going to seek it out roman what, what do you got listen <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn it. Juicer. Um, i can't say it anymore now if you guys are gonna... no no you, you can you got you can say it we can all say it um, I th- I, th- I think I'll give it a I give it a solid seven. There was a, there were, you know it surprised me. I read it right before the podcast, just as a lark. I was eating my sandwich and it was entertaining. I I didn't I it caught me up, got me engaged in the story. There's this like when, when what's his name Chucky Chucky when he's all anxious talking about talking about this is not a make believe scary bird. This is a real scary bird. And he's holding himself and he's shivering. It's like oh god. <laughs> he, he has so he many lines me. like that in <laughs> the oh, show god. actually. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I've seen some episodes, but. Just randomly, like it's... four or five. I don't know. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> so good. Um, eight out of ten. Uh, my only complaint is that uh, they get Phil and Lil, they spray them with water to make themselves chasing them because they're pretending to be Reptar. Classic Phil and Lil. And they do that because they would have a problem getting wet, but in the show... They were the ones known for like getting down and dirty. They were always playing in the mud, eating worms, worms in their diapers, like playing in the mud. Classic Phil and Will. And, but now they're all they're afraid of getting wet. Yeah, that doesn't sound like them. Yeah, that, that let's was, talk to Box Brown about that. That was the only the only uh, dissonance I sensed out of it, though. Did we did we give uh, credits for this? Yeah, Box Brown. Box Brown, Lisa, Lisa Dubois, Dubois, and Eleonora Bruni. 
All right. So uh, I read Maestros. Maest- what is this? Maestro. Maestro. Maestros. Maestros. Why is like, it Maestros? Because Maestro. Because Maestro is a Maestro is somebody that leads the orchestra. The guy with the little wand. Seinfeld. Does that spell the same way? I think Maestro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, plural except- has an e at the end. Does it? Because this is plural, isn't it? Uh-huh. Well, whatever it is, I liked it. It's by uh, Steve Scrochy. Steve Scroach. Scroach. If you squint Scroach. enough at that name, I thought it was it'll look like James Stokoe, too. Yeah. <laughs> you squint enough at the art, it's not that far from James Stokoe. No. Uh, Dave Stewart colored it, and Phonographics did the uh, lettering and design. <clears throat> Basically, it follows uh, royalty. Man, I can't even talk about exactly what it does. <laughs> if th- So this, uh, this king is killed by a bunch of really bad dudes. Like metal Batman bad baddest dudes. dudes, and uh, and so it's word really is sent hombres. to his mother that she's got to go find uh, his son who has been banished. He's not supposed to go back, and the son is just kind of a ne'er do well, and uh, gets tricked into coming back to the place. He's worried that he's not supposed to be there, and then there's a flashback to when he's a fat little kid. Listen, you skimmed over an important part. Uh, he uses magic to uh, make a guy's penis bigger. Much bigger. Way bigger. And that's that's what I thought your main draw to the comic was, because you <laughs> love... Bigger penises. I like. Well, you love it when a dog's in a comic. I like penises. I was a little bit disappointed that we don't see if his balls get bigger, too, because we only see his balls when, when his wiener's little. Oh, yeah, there's a lot too? of magic clouds there. I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like there's like a, a golden mean. Listen, there. I'm not swearing, but I am talking about dongs this episode. <laughs> that is my thing this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's an easy word to keep your swear safe around. <laughs> um. Yeah, this this book is like a trip through a dream world, but also kind of rooted in some sort of reality. I don't know, man. It's it's like dimension hopping demons and and dongs. knights and dongs and and strippers that are actually like monsters and shapeshifters and so much blood. What does she say? It's this stripper tries to get into a back room who t- ends up being this giant plant. But what does she just say? I just learned the squirting. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Just <laughs> master- I just mastered the squirting. And then she turns into a big old toothy, like, Audrey 2 monster. And this panel where he- she's she's eating him, and it's just his head in the middle of all these teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's... <laughs> It's beautiful. It is. The way the teeth are like puncturing his skin. This one's going through his nostril and out the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is just super grotesque. And I don't know. I really like this comic. I, I can't even really explain what exactly is going on other than the, the dick getting bigger and the balls. I don't even know if the balls got bigger. I tell you one thing that's well, going we on in this book. Is she's buying Dianetics. Yeah. Um, Roman, what did you think of this thing? I really loved it. Um it is hard to summarize because there's just so much happening. I mean, it's uh, uh, the king gets killed. The the this main character's mom is one of his wives. She didn't know she would just be one of many wives when she married him. He's a magic user, supposedly according to him, the top magic user in the universe. Um, she sends uh, the son is on the run from this kingdom, 
And when that king gets killed, he has to go back to the kingdom and gets sucked in the world of magic again, despite his mom's wishes. The art is beautiful. There, oh, there's so much going on. The, yeah, I, there, I there, don't know how you could draw this many lines and yeah. put it in a comic. I mean, there's sex, there's fast there's, food, there's anger, there's magical, cool Kirby eyes there's here. There's goofs. <laughs> All of the character design is is either gorgeous or insane. The The king who dies in the beginning is he looks a lot like um like he's a character from 18 days that's usually like a setting that doesn't do anything for me but then the next page has a has like more of the world and it's it's just a totally different it's it's got all of these different like cthulhu characters and flowers and angels and princesses and cowboys and indian princes and and like everything all in one comic and it's it's just it's overload yeah i, I think it's awesome that it's written and drawn by the same dude yep which is crazy uh i feel like when that's the case you don't get such gorgeous like it Braden yesterday was like it's kind of like frank quietly and i was like nah and then i was reading it today i was like it's totally like frank quietly oh, yeah. it's like frank quietly and jeff darrow um, without like the real like acidy overindulgence in detail, yeah. while like still doing that really highly detailed but like thick inking line that I really really yeah. like. Yeah. So it's it's super super lived in. Um, I don't I don't like, this kind of blows me away. I didn't realize that this guy's such a great artist and he's building a real cool storytelling world. He's going back to the so the first half of it is sort of the the son in current day, and the second half is how the father met the mother and how the son was born and all this stuff and he's young so there's a lot of backstory um yeah but they don't I, lead with it but they don't lead with it and like the balance of art to dialogue is something that i'm really really particular about and this one does so much exposition while never having any panel be too much exposition and the art tells a huge amount of the story yeah, yeah. so so even when there is a lot of dialogue it's never overwhelming um, and was, you're getting like twice as much information as the dialogue is giving you. And I've, as I was reading it, it sort of made me realize something that I don't mind when there's a lot of dialogue when it's sort of coupled with there being a lot of rewarding imagery as well. It's when the dialogue is super dense and the art isn't offering as much. And I also get can get bummed out when the opposite is true, when there's way too much art and not nearly enough like actual substance to it. So this really finds a healthy balance of that. And I would, I would give this... Uh, and eight, I was actually really, really liked it. I really liked the world building. I really liked the art. I really liked the goofs in it. Um, it it really is one of the best image number ones to come out in the last like handful of months. I would say. If I were to give it a uh, ten and then count backwards <gasps> from panels that I didn't really enjoy. Okay. And in half point increments or full point increments. Give me a panel you didn't enjoy. Show me something. <sighs> Put me. I on know the it's spot not that here. dong shot. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Well, I, I mean, maybe it's the aftershot because there's no balls. That's true. <laughs> that's true. There's there's not a panel I don't love in here. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> there's probably a panel I didn't think was awesome, but I can't find it right now, especially not that one of the mom and the king. Boarding. Doing it. Mm, <laughs> like, it's like little The body language and his face are just... It is like Little Nemo, it's but like a porny. fucked up porny drug Cthulhu use. Little Cthulhu Nemo. Little Nemo. With dongs. With water dongs. <laughs> mm. I love what he's saying, too. 
the like yeah he's got scoriers in here he's got hobbits in here mm-hmm. there's, there's just so much to look at yeah it's definitely uh if you're a fan of fantasy at all which i'm not really this is really great and the art is is phenom roman Braden, did i get a number from you boys no you um, didn't <clears throat> I, i'd give it i'd get oh jeez Oh. I got an eight point five at least. Ooh. Yeah, maybe even a nine. Hell, because yeah, yeah, there wasn't anything I didn't like in here. Mm. And I love the fact that yeah, that the stripper when she becomes the monster that yeah, like you said, it's it's straight out of Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Oh man, and when his when he's after he's chewed up and the way his face is mangled and bisected and but he's still <laughs> alive and his guts are hanging. Oh jeez, but it's beautifully done. Nine. Yeah. Nine? Wait. I'll, I'll bump it up to a nine. Wait, no, we weren't yeah. trying to bump it up. I wasn't trying to. I thought that was just trying to clarify. Well, yeah, but looking through this, because I'm probably going to give, you know, another one. What uh, What? What do you got, uh, Snapchat Smith? Uh, <laughs> CV Raiden is his Snapchat name, if you're looking to get on there. I'm going to download yeah. Snapchat for this. Oh, yeah, you better. Um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. It was, it was good. Um, I don't think it's for me, though. Mm. I don't know. Five. It, it was fine, but... Mm. I'm not, I'm not drawn in really. Uh, I don't. This uh, this writer's not on Twitter, so I can't see who's <laughs> following him. So I don't know if he's like cool or not. <laughs> and, you know, I was just getting a, some kind of odd vibes off it. Just like I don't know if I really care about this entitled white guy just like getting a bunch of power all of a sudden and like mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a story i really care about sure. i mean they're doing it well and like i loved like the gore and stuff like super awesome art which i don't know i'll probably at least flip through the future issues just to look at that but yeah i don't know if it's just something i care about cool uh incredible hulk 709 Ooh, return to planet I hulk i don't remember 708 yeah, I don't know what anybody does. It's, <laughs> there's been Hulk books. I thought this was going to be Banner, and it's Cho. Yeah, oh, the, you. Per, let's get that out of the way, right? right like both of you and I thought it was going to be Banner, and I felt cheated because I was like, ah, oh, I opened the you know first page, like, oh, it's Cho, and I don't like Amadeus Cho. It's got <laughs> Cho. It's got Cho's face on there. Well, I really, yeah. When I saw the cover, I was like, wait a minute, look at his hair. Oh, and they're blocking his hair with the with the logo, but oh yeah, it's it's Cho's hair. Basically, long and short of this is like. Hulk gets called back to planet Sakar, and yeah, because they think it's Banner. Yep, and they think he it's goes, and they're like, God. "You've got to be the, the Hulk." He's like, "I'm not," and they're like, "No, sure you are." Yeah, one guy even says, "But but you're Hulk, right?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, but," and they're like, "Okay, I mean, so you're strong to, and green, right?" <laughs> he has to get into the gauntlet, and he needs to do some fighting. It's uh, it's very Mad Max. Uh, very yeah. Mad Max. Yeah, which is just boy, that movie was real popular two years ago. Let's uh, <laughs> let's throw references into everything that comes out afterwards. Oh, yeah, this is the second Mad Max book we've read yeah. tonight. Um, have any of you read the original Planet Hulk? No. Yes. Nope. Yep, I read it. Me too. I kind of liked it. Um, yeah, the original, yeah. It was one of like the first comics I started reading to when I started diving into a bunch of stuff again. Uh, and it was pretty wacky fun. So I was kind the, of excited to go back to that. But. Did it have the red guys with the like sprouts coming out of their chins? Yeah. The buggy guys? Yeah. Although not all of them have sprouts for some reason. Yeah, oh. It looks like they grow. Like The younger guy had some kind of short yeah, ones. They're... The cool thing in this book is uh, he does, like, I, I like the way that, and I haven't re- really been reading the Cho stuff, the Amadeus Cho stuff, but 
there there's kind of an inner conversation between the Hulk and him, and it's rooted mm. in the reference of who's driving the vehicle of their yeah. body. So it's like them talking on that the road. That was really cool. I, I like that. that mechanism for talking about it. And then I like the idea of the Hulk sort of taking over. He hated that part. Really? <gasps> and I hated it. <laughs> and I, I like the idea of... <laughs> of the primal aspect of Hulk, like at its core who Hulk is. I like maybe that being true regardless of who he's possessing. Mm. And I like the idea that maybe this is just the banner Hulk also. If we could remove personality from when he's actually Hulked out, it would be cool if it was almost like the same person. He's this like fifth dimensional cosmic Hulk entity that can possess different bodies at different times. I don't think that's how it is, but that's what it made me think of. And I was like, cool, I like infectious cancerous Hulk idea as a thing that's trying to take over consciousness. And and it doesn't matter who he's possessing because it's still the same like father concept. So what you're talking about is like the one page in the book where he's one page he's in the middle of a fight and he's losing and then the next page he's in like a an old classic car and arguing with i got halfway through that page and i had to stop and i had to be like wait i'm not questioning what's going on here i was just cruising what why why did we get here and i had to go look and it's like oh he got attacked by something very big and now we're reverting to some sort of yeah well you see it you see it in his eyes the rage takes and you then you're in psyche Civilians start getting attacked, and he needs to he needs to hulk out a little more to get it going. I I had no I didn't have any trouble following that. Not that you not that I'm. Uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I re- I really I I was just confused. I thought that they'd put a page from another comic in there by accident. You thought but it was you thought it was a Snickers ad too. <laughs> yeah, kind of same same thing that I mean, DC's been. What I, what I liked about all that Jeff because that goes back to like, in the very beginning when he's on this his spaceship going to. Uh, What's the name of the planet? Sakaar. I mean, he's not going um, anywhere. He just happens to fly yeah. by a wormhole that yeah, leads to the planet Sakaar that's the, sending out a distress signal. The boxes here talking about uh, it's all he ever wanted to be called, to be needed, um, to roar and triumph in the face of every challenge. This is the story of a boy with the heart of a hero who stole the power of a monster. I think that and that, 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 that framing was go. great. Yeah. And they did like a, it was a, almost like a literary feel. Like I, I would not have really cared about shows. Like I... But they framed it in a really, really nice job. Like it, that's yeah. just Pac's ability, like as a narrator, whether it's Marvel stuff or non-Marval stuff or historical Marvel stuff, like Red Skull Incarnate or something. He's really good at writing. Yeah, yeah, and framing it that way. So now we finally, one of the things I didn't like about Amadeus Cho as a Hulk was he's never had the classic, you know, Hulk conflict where you're you're. Yeah. How do you fight this rage behemoth within you and control it, or do you not, and just let yourself he's let it go? He's got a two on lock. Yeah. yeah, and we finally get to see that conflict with him, because he's always been, like, crazy, was it crazy? Deep Marvel's humor version of Mad Magazine in the 80s? They had a humor magazine? I think. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So. And they had a character called Teen Hulk. And every <laughs> time I see Amatea's Cho, Cho, I'm just like, oh, it's Teen Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Finally, this is he's going to be a grown-up Hulk now. I really liked Amadeus Joe when I first met him, like when he first started being a character, like I think around when Hulk died, like years and years ago. I enjoyed the the Mad Max aspect of it. The whole thing felt a little bit filler issuey to me, and I don't think that that's what they're going for. Uh, but I dug the I dug the character design and the like. The setup was pretty cool. It's been a quite a while since we've had. I mean, basically since Greg Pak was doing the more original run, since we've had like a really good. Hulk run, I guess, like the pack, uh, Red Hulk stuff, or and like the Loeb mm-hmm. stuff was pretty highly regarded as well. But it, a lot, I mean, Hulk to me just sort of feels like a, a, a bit of a filler thing. I've never found a Hulk story that I've really liked. I do want to read Planet Hulk, 
Um, but that movie's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> Thor. I have to keep being reminded. Planet oh, Thor. Right. Yeah, I still gotta see Blade Runner. Jeff, did you like the Frank Quietly uh, Venom uh, Marvel value silly. stamp? That's a silly. Thing. I listen. <laughs> you want to talk about Marvel value stamps? I kind of like them. Oh, Braden, Braden, <laughs> spit it. Give me. I a, hate if you lick this one reading. Stick. No, I licked it and it doesn't stick. I hate oh. reading a page and then realizing there's a rectangle being blocked out. Right. But I mean, I haven't been collecting them, but I love collecting stuff, and that's. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool idea. I like your birthday. I'm not telling you. You're going to give me stuff. <laughs> You're a February boy, aren't you? I don't got room for stuff. Uh, close. I'm a February boy. March? January? January. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that they're doing these now on these little things that you don't have to cut up your comic. Yeah, but you still have to cut something Yeah, you still got to take cut something out. But you don't have to actually cut the story pages. That's nice. That's You really can just nice. take a picture of it on your phone. Jeff? Oh, that's true. I don't love Greg Land. I associate him with looking at pictures of celebrities and then Land? tracing them. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, with a different anchor. Yeah, he looks. It looks Wait, better. Than we had Land. two Gregs on this. Book? It looks better than Land usually does. Greg Pat, Greg Land. I think he's gotten chastised for the overt like pictures of celebrities. I think oh. he's toned that back. Well, and celebrities don't usually have these weird growths coming out of their bodies either. I don't know. Well, when what, they Hulk out, they do. Celebritize or not, but uh, we got to review Master. Yeah, how was SmackDown, Jeff? I did not order enough of that. If you want. More well, just because I want to talk about it, because I'm like, what? They gave, they gave, sorry for this tangent, folks. They gave Shang-Chi a superpower? Why the hell? He's the master of Kung Fu. You don't need to give him a superpower on top of that. What did oh. you say? Lame. Braden? You just asked me how SmackDown was? Yeah. It was great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. I'm going to give this a six. Perfectly acceptable comic book. I would, I've been missing that as an assessment of a comic wait. book from you for a while. Wait, wait, wait. So... I thought perfectly acceptable for you was a five. And, you know, be, and six was read the next issue. I Whoa. am probably not going to read the next issue. I, I would have to say that on a scale of one to ten, the consistency of my one to ten scores is you know, somewhere between a four and an eight. Perfectly acceptable. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, a 6.5. It was better than I thought it would be. It was... I'll check in with it. I want to read a Hulk book. I want yeah. to be interested in a Hulk book. This doesn't like super have me yet, but um, there's some concepts for it. I, whatever's going on in this cover, he's got some nice like furry armor or something. I want to see that furry stuff come into play. Sure. Yeah. Fur armor is... Fear armor. Fear armor. Fear armor. Fear armor burger. I'm so really, really proud of the, the key arena. <laughs> that was Braden, right? He had the P arena. Oh... And you had the key arena. Did you make that joke and then I stole it? He said P arena and then you said key arena. (laughs) I just realized this Hulk logo is from the Incredible Hulk, like circa eighties. No, earlier, uh, uh, sixties, late sixties. Well, this is Legacy. I mean, maybe. Oh, you're right. Welcome to Legacy Juarez. Because yeah, but my oldest Hulk issues are all these. <laughs> so speaking of um, legacy, oh sorry, no, oh, sorry, Roman. we still have to just didn't create that uh, yeah, five. Yeah. It was fine. Uh, I don't know if I'll read more. <laughs> <laughs> Roman, uh, I'll, I'll half, I'll right between Django and Braden. I'll give it a five point five. I'll probably read the next one because I'm curious about. And you like green guys almost as much I as always you like love, green girls. I always love the Hulk. Yeah, I do. I do you like Beast Boy? Yeah, but I prefer the name Changeling. Because that's when I first read him when I was a kid. But There's no alliteration in that name. Well, that's true. That's true. So, how much did you like Iron Man? 
Uh, you mean the 593rd issue of Iron Man? Yeah. It was almost as good as the 592 issues before it. <laughs> this almost. was uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis with uh, Stefano Caselli and Cass- Alex Maleev on Cassella? art. I, I, boy, I haven't been, I've been reading uh, Infamous Iron Man with Doom. I haven't been reading the other Invincible Iron Man, so I didn't know that Tony Stark's mother, spoilers, is alive. And she's back, and she was some kind of media rock star or something. Yeah, we'll see if that lasts. I bet she's a zombie. I, did or that come up actually in the Alex Maleev book before this? International Iron Man. Oh, I, I didn't read that either. So Maleev has been has done two Iron Man books with Bendis lately. Yeah. And uh, it was International Iron Man that ran kind of short, and it was him finding out mysteries about his parents, and then that then Civil War happened, and he died, and then it became Doom. So Maleev's done wow. two books with him, and I think that family stuff happened in that other God, I, I don't think I've actually kept up with an Iron Man book since Sean Chen was doing the art. <laughs> Do you think that anybody's going to be surprised when she takes her mask off and she's actually Brian Michael Bendis? <laughs> Ironheart? <laughs> no, uh, Tony's mom. Tony's mom? Because, like, you can tell just by the way she talks. They're all Bendis. Definitely. She's wearing a... She's, she's Brian Michael Bendis wearing a mask. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I think the thing I liked best in this issue was the Doom and Thing Me pages. Too, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. And the rest of the issue, ah, okay. No, <laughs> that, that Doom thing, though, like I remember uh, I was reading that and, you know, things just tearing into him being like, no one's ever going to forgive you. You're yeah. always going to be a bad guy. I hate your stinking guts. And, like, Loser. it's getting... It's like zooming in. It's got that nice shot of Great. Doom's face, and I'm like, oh man, what does he think? What's Doom's his metal face What's his reflecting. big retort gonna be? What's he gonna say to Ben? And yeah. then it's like, oh fuck, yeah, he's he's Gonzo. He teleported away. Yeah, didn't that, listen to a word of it. That was so good. Or di- or did he really take it to heart? Who knows? I think he really took it to heart. And just and but just yeah, pieces. Ben's speech is awesome. Oh yeah, it was fun. Um, this book basically is at the end of Secret Empire. Uh, Tony's body goes missing because it's been in a coma for a while, and Ironheart gets alerted. At, like, wait, 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 at the end of Secret Empire, or maybe I thought it was like so stuff happened before that. Sure. Wait, when did? Okay, cool. Tony. Yeah. Oh, that was it. At the, at the, at end, the end of, of Civil recent War Two, Civil War Two is when he got put in the coma, yeah. and then Secret Empire was the next big event. And I feel like at the end of that, That's when his body his body disappeared. Oh, maybe not. Maybe it was in the middle of it. I don't know. Um, but it, it's just recently happened. Um, so this is basically her getting alerted that he's gone now. And this book is, I think, a really w- at least well-done dovetailing of the last two Iron Man books. It's the, it's the Doom thing stuff that I really liked in Infamous Iron Man. And then it's also the Ironheart stuff, which I wasn't really keeping up with. But the fact that they're putting both of them in one book is, I think, better than having two separate books. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have that. Are, are they just bringing it down to one Iron Man book then? Or is it maybe, this maybe we'll have an Ironheart book? I don't know. It's... Uh... I haven't looked at the solicits. Yeah. The Iron Combo. Iron Family. Do we think that this naked guy that's in pain and yeah. rolling out who, of who here do you guys think is this Tony? Is? I mean, oh, he doesn't have a goatee. He's totally bald. Well, he He's, doesn't have any hair, so. But it's and not what's a, with his eye? Why is one eye all messed up? It's tiny. I mean, I do love that he puts on my favorite suit of Iron Man armor. Yeah. You know you know what? I think that's maybe Spider-Jerusalem. At the end, <laughs> the ad for the next issue he, is, is who is wears the Is he missing a tattoo armor? or five? <laughs> 
so I don't know if it's going to be clearly Tony, but I do think it's ultimately a type of Tony. I bet it's Tony. What I if- bet it's a backup body of Tonys that his consciousness has been stored and regrown in, and it's from like 15 years ago or something, so he doesn't have all of the baggage of the last like 15 years of continuity. So it's an LMD? Maybe an LMD, or maybe just like a clone that's grown and actually his body and he stored his consciousness, or something. What if they just did a whole story called Who Wears the Armor, and it, it was like a 12-issue arc, and at the end you find out, yeah, it was Tony Stark. That would be annoying. <laughs> I'd, I'd read it. Yeah, I'd read it too, but I'd, I would like a mystery. Did you guys twists. see this? So there's there's a two-page spread of different teams yeah. fighting. Did you catch how the top two panels make it look like Daredevil's arm turns oh, into yeah. a, a like a webbed fish foot? Do you think that's a, yeah. an Easter egg for something? I, I, maybe it's foreshadowing. It does. Maybe Daredevil's Daredevil. arm is going to turn into a fish boy. Well, Daredevil and Namor team up. <laughs> yeah. Bendis' love of double-page spreads oftentimes leads to panel-to-panel confusion, I've found. I didn't yeah. know which order to read this, especially because that, that top part really... Bendis gets me every time, panel. at least once. Yeah. With a, I, can, I'll, I always start vertically, and then I'll realize I'm supposed to go horizontally. That's called the, the Bendis double step. It's so the there's a couple... I don't know if you know how to read comics, Django, but there's a couple ways you can know. Uh, first of all, if the panel division is right on the middle, you should probably stick to left-left and then right-right. Right, but, but it looks like like that's one panel and daredevil's hand is somebody else's hand yeah like that's that's what made me read across yeah what what clued me in with though you go over here and there the was dot, the ellipses dot. so and yeah. there's ellipses down here. i mean yeah i figured it out eventually but <laughs> his stuff is always a problem in terms of that because he loves double page spreads so yeah is that it, a ninja man bad you always have to do some leg is. work is that witch blade this it's woman in the black? Is that who that is? Witchblade? Is that where's where's Man Bat? Oh, up here. Right by Spider Man and Falcon. It does kind of look like Man Bat. I don't know who that is. Some winged character. Hmm. No idea. Winged. Oh, of course they're riding a fish boy and a man bat thingy. And, and there's a lion cat down there. Hallelujah. Oh, this is just a universe hopping. <laughs> I thought this comic was pretty good. I like this more than the Hulk one. I would give this one uh, a 7.5. I like. I really like the infamous Iron Man storyline with Bendis, and I'm glad that that artist, like that, that team is sticking through, and that's going to be a through line of this book. Begs mentioning, I'm not sure if all of them are doing this, but the last two legacy books have had these really cool yeah. two to three page, just this is what this character is about. Robert Thompson. Yeah, in, in the in the back of the book. So um, there's like a Hulk one, in the Hulk one, there's an Iron Man, little backstory, there's like, like a, three pages. Spider-Gwen too, I think. I'm sure, and Thor as well, so... Uh, yeah, there's, they're doing a cool little, like, hey, it's Legacy. Remember these characters? Here's a little thing to remind you of these characters. Oh, and that one's, that one's drawn by Valerio Shitty. Mm. He did so, he did, a, he did a cover we liked lately, right? He's come up a couple times in the last month. Maybe it's just fun to say. It is. Since well, since it's Iron Man, I mean, I think we should say. What do we all think of this? Uh, his newest armor here on the cover. Huh? I don't know. I, mean, I feel like it's a, always, that's always a debate about. It always, to me, it stopped at Extremis, and this is just still looks like the Extremis stuff and the hexagon or the Superman yeah. shield type. It looks. I haven't really the, had a clear difference in a while. I think the, the, the face, the lower part of the face looks pretty different. That looks pretty movied out to me. I'm oh, going to give this uh, six. Yeah. I don't really care that much about fine costume details. Points. <laughs> I really like I really costumes. Don't. Yeah, I, I, I like costumes, but I don't... I, I, I guess I don't care about the, the very small details because I always imagine that this is just a bunch of people in cosplay and they just couldn't find the right helmet, well, so they made a new one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I respect people who like 
will read every issue like of a certain character. We can track those differences, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not able to do it. Yeah. Uh, five five. It was fine. Uh, I liked the the thing Doom stuff, and the rest was just a bunch of people freaking out about Tony Stark. For I like the guys hugging behind the thing. Yeah, it was cute. That was cute. That was cute. I didn't understand why it was happening. But yeah, it took me a bit. And it, did, I, did Doom make that? Was yeah, that a magic yeah. thing? Okay. When, when just, Doom landed, he clear. said, Mecha Lecha High, Mecha Heine hug. <laughs> I, wish he, I wish he had said that. That would knock this up a couple points for me. <laughs> yeah. Venice generally Doom would never has a pretty stoop, self-indulgent. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know good Doom really has redeem, trying to redeem himself. He says stuff like that. Gosh. I'm the funny Doom. <laughs> <laughs> the Bwahaha Doom. Um, <laughs> you guys... What do you got, Roman? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give. Uh, what did I give Hulk? Five Eight. and a half. Twenty. I don't know. <laughs> Twenty. Um, like I'll, six or seven. I'll give this a five. I didn't like it as much as Doom, actually. You guys, I just like. You don't like this. As I much mean, as, as, as Hulk. As Hulk. Okay. Yeah. I like this a little bit more than Hulk, but I just like. I don't. I just like for me like. It doesn't go below like a six. Like most of my stuff is like six to eight. Right there, like I. Nice catch. I don't. I don't really read anything I don't like, and it's pretty hard for me to actively wow. dislike a thing. I don't, you've I heard don't, me. I've gone uh, as low as a one on here. Well, I've gone yeah. pretty low. I don't five's think not exactly one. a dislike for me, though. Five's just a... No, five is mid-range. Five's like Perfectly a solid acceptable. shrug. I, I mean, like I, it didn't offend me. I would highlight <laughs> that it makes my scores less useful. Um, again, it's not... I mean, I, I think the whole scoring is, you know, completely it's, arbitrary. It's all, it's all a goof. I don't remember most of them. But, I yeah, I don't know. Like, superhero books, I love Marvel superhero books. Like, even if it's not that good, it's still just, like, six. I don't know. Like, I bam, mean, five. I'm sure that's a good Marvel superhero book. It is Fantastic weird. Four by Jonathan Hickman. Mm, yeah. no, I mean, this week. Oh. <laughs> it is kind of... Well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I actually was fairly into that Iron Man. I mean, I don't think it was great, but 7-5, like it was yeah, uh, yeah. cruising. Spider-Man cruising was good this week. Champ- Champions was good, though I still hate the art. But. I think it's really interesting, like there is that classic Marvel versus DC fan base. And I don't I like never, that conversation. Well, I never really subscribed <laughs> to it, but the, like the more comics I read, the more I realize that I prefer mostly DC characters. And when I read Marvel comics, I kind of group them in with, like my enjoyment of of most Marvel titles is around the same level as my enjoyment of DC comics. I don't really care to read as much. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, and it's not on purpose. And and there are some great Marvel comics that I really enjoy reading. I I read a handful of them. They're just all so far in that we don't talk about them that often. Um, but yeah, just having that that kind of schism in reading like books that you want to read is I don't know. It's weird. I did like X-Men Schism. (laughs) I did too, but you know why? Jason Aaron wrote it. There has been a schism. (laughs) Um, You guys, let's not talk forever about Batman because we always do, but this issue... um, Batman on a horse. Batman on a horse. One of the finest issues of Batman in this whole Tom King run, I would say. All of the Robins hanging out with Alfred. Talking about their surrogate father and biological father having proposed to somebody, and they find out about it through the, the butler. Yeah. I mean... Alfred's not just awesome. the butler. Right. No. He's also their father. He's like the grandfather. Yeah. yeah. The butler did it. He's like the better dad. I mean, he's 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 everything. I mean, he tells Ace to stop and doesn't even raise his voice and Ace stops. He's yeah. He's the good dad. Yeah. Batman's the bad dad. Yeah. The bat. <laughs> dad. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I agree we shouldn't talk about it long. I would just say anybody who 
anybody who comes into the store should stand at the new issues and read the first six or seven pages and then uh, see what what made us all kind of take a moment on Tuesday when we were checking in and, and mm-hmm. kind of realize the power of Tom King's pacing. Yeah. Yeah, she killed a horse. The pacing is really well done. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Um, the art in this one was was by Joelle Jones, who did the art in Lady Killer, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a huge body of work yet. But Lady Killer was fantastic, and this art is phenomenal. And she's reading the yeah, or Damien's reading the Lady Killer murder, murders in there. Nice little time. Oh, that reference. was the okay. I didn't oh get that. yeah, yep. yeah. But yeah, it, it's good. really nice to see this type of art in a Batman book because it's not like typical superhero, like Lady Killer's art is very just like person to person and then kind of violent. Uh, mm. And that's what a lot of this is. You get that moment of all, th- this is like the third time he's had all of the Bat family or like all the Robins together just it's bouncing so off. He's so good. He's wonderful at yeah. that. And they're all out of costume, just mm-hmm. hanging out. I mean, the problem still awesome. tell who they are. Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, I could, but they all still feel like you know, just different ages of you know, Dick Grayson or like. Yeah, I yeah, wish I they just, looked a little bit different, and that's not the artist's fault. That's their creator's fault. Yeah, I if love, they hadn't been calling him Jay, I wouldn't have known that was Jason Todd. Yeah, I yeah, really, that took me a second. Where's Tim? He's in there. No, he's no, gone. He's, not, he's sorry. Yeah, he's uh, Detective he has, Comics away. Yeah, he still hasn't escaped <laughs> from the Mr. Yeah. Oz's. I like place. really like the artist. I really like Joelle Jones. Um, I guess that that is my one complaint is while I don't feel, I feel like the personalities stood apart during that conversation piece. I actually don't think that the boys' faces were very well distinguished. I like, liked their faces uh, upon hearing the news and how they like yeah. stuck like the same from panel to panel. I love Damien's rea- yeah. reaction. I like uh, I think Jason's face the most on that page. Yeah, those still just look sort of like white boy with short dark hair. It was it was oh, yeah, hard for me do. to distinguish their faces while I think their voices stood out pretty yeah. clearly to me. I also really liked uh, Talia Al Ghul. Spoiler is uh, having an orgy. Yeah, that, out. That you final, can't say spoiler. That final after page you was awesome. He just did, Brayden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the spoiler was that it was on the last page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't spoil his spoiling. I mean, no, spoil yeah, away, Brayden. I mean, don't <laughs> <laughs> listen. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Talia, what's she been up to? Banging, banging, oh, banging. lots yeah. of sex and swords. Just banging in Kandahar. She was hanging out in Maestro's for a while. Looks like. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm gonna give this uh, a solid eight. Um, kind of depending on where this goes, it may, I may revise that to a higher number. But I don't think this issue could drop down below an eight for me. Six point five. Um, I'm happy that the War of Jokes and Riddles is over. <laughs> <laughs> I am also very happy that's over. Because um, it, it, it feels like we're back on track to exploring Batman, then doing some kind of like forced event. Do you think the War of Jokes and Riddles was actually a two-issue pitch that got stretched out into 14 issues or whatever that God, was? God, I hope not, but I, I can definitely see it happening. I think it was probably like a four- to six-issue pitch that got stretched out to 12 and almost broke my damn bat. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's because something else is coming down the pipe. I'm I think looking, they wanted to give Joel Jones some lead time uh, yeah. on doing art, and I think that there's another arc coming up that's important, and they're probably trying to give artists a big lead time on it. I'm looking forward to that trade called I Am the War of Jokes and Riddles. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys having a problem, or is it just me, that now because of, uh, what is it, Action Comics, every time you've said 
Joel Jones. All I hear is Jorel Jones. <laughs> well, no, uh, you've known Jorel for a lot longer than that, that's than true, I yeah. have, and and Joel Jones came up like four or five years ago, and like I love her art, so she's she's she stands out as a name yeah. to me. But JJ? that was a good Jew goof. You got a number, Roman? Um, I'll give this. A, uh, I'm gonna say an eight point five. <gasps> this is another one I yeah. like like Maestros that I I, I loved everything in it. I'm going 8.5 as well. I'm totally with you, Roman. I, and there was a couple moments where I was like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Especially that last page. I was like, ooh. I know. I accidentally <laughs> spoiled that it was Talia having an orgy at the end. I love that. Well, I, well you know when Damien says, starts yeah. telling Dick. Yeah. And also, when is Batman in the desert not looking for somebody in that family? Yeah. yeah but that's why? the only time he's in the he's desert. He's like, well, listen, if you're going to marry me, I need to take you to my son's mom, and I need to make sure that she's cool with me getting married and knowing I don't who think you that's. Are. I think he needs to make sure that she's not going to kill Catwoman or yeah, something. He just Talia wants, would fucking kill Catwoman. Yeah, he just wants to see him fight. Because I think technically... I don't think that's... He's it, still uh, married to Talia, isn't he? According to Talia, I think. Like, they're destined to be together. I mean, he was doped her. up or something, but they they got married. I don't know if it's in the, legal in America, in the, but... The Beast of the Demon or whatever Son that of the one? Demon. Son of the Demon. Or Daughter of the Demon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it speaks to the storytelling uh, on those first few pages that only now am I realizing, why is Batman riding on a horse for 14-plus hours in a desert? You should know. But he could have flown America. there. America. <laughs> He rode into that desert on a horse with no name. Ooh, nice. I I don't know what that is. Um, It's a great song by the band America, and you love America. Yeah. Did Uh, you guys read Kid Lobo? It is a good point, though. Why (laughs) why didn't he use his bat plane? Because he was lobotomizing a kid. (laughs) This is the fifth Robin, Kid Lobotomy. (laughs) Number one by Peter Milligan. That sexy uh, ass cover and, uh, by it? Frank Quietly. Yeah, yeah. Frank, that sexy Frank Quietly cover. Listen, I didn't read this. I was thinking about reading it, but then Roman told me he read it in a jacuzzi, and I absolutely <laughs> couldn't read it. <laughs> I didn't hear that you read it in a couscous. Not not well, a jacuzzi tub at this house that I'm doing. I read Maestros and Kid Lobotomy in the jacuzzi tub. Man, I read Kid Lobotomy on the toilet. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> they made a. I think retailer. I read the drowning on the toilet. <laughs> retailer incentive cover for this in which they did that thing that image has been doing where they made a bunch of it gold but they just took out all of the frank quietly drawing <laughs> like they took yeah. out like they made a special cover where they removed frank quietly yeah i don't, I don't art. get that that's just a foolhardy that, that should be discounted not <laughs> exactly Maybe it's like a joke that they're printing gold, basically. If they're if you're joking, I can't art. hear the joke I can over see the lack the gold of Frank shining quietly. onto your neck. The reflection is. I want to stunning. see quietly. He doesn't do anything ever. Give me it. So who's this? Uh, who's doing the kid lobotomy in this book? So it's Peter Milligan, uh, art and cover A, not the Frank Quietly one, uh, by Tess Fowler, colors by Lee Luridge. Um This book is pretty messed up. Uh, did you guys read it? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Can somebody I gotta, else I summarize re- it? Because I I can't. I got to reread read it because I loved it at the time, and now I can't really tell you what it was about. Reread Williams. So yeah. it was a yeah. really really nice execution of the unreliable narrator. It basically yeah. we've got this person who was in a rock band and got his head cut open. Um, by his guitar string while he was playing, mm. but right before he had started playing, he he decides now that he was acting really weird right beforehand. He apparently thinks that he 
is in line to own this hotel called The Suites. Um, he has a sister that maybe he had a borderline sexual relationship with when he was younger, but he has a lot of visions and occurrences that happen um, that don't maybe aren't happening and a lot of conversations that aren't really happening. It does a really nice job of basically getting inside the head of somebody that's a functional kind of crazy person hmm. and uh, better than most comic books. It doesn't just show crazy and it doesn't show normal and then look at how crazy this guy is it, it makes the reader it utilizes comic books in a really nice way to um, provide you with more than one instance where you are given information and you don't know if it's real or there or not in a way that like maybe somebody who's suffering from this same diagnosis doesn't really trust or know if anything around them is happening um, but it also grounds you enough that you know some of this is happening. Yeah. Right? It's not like a total dream state, which would I would check out almost immediately. Right. But you believe that he's in a hotel, probably, or in, in a room. You believe he's in a room at the very least. It's, it's almost akin to, like, the Marvel uh, Lemire Moon Knight series in terms yeah. of not really knowing but having a pretty good idea of what's grounded and what's normal and what's happening. Um <clears throat> The art's very serviceable. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. The the weirder the art gets, I think the better it gets. Like there are a couple crowd scenes that have lots of weird stuff going on. And there, there's some people. really nice details in there. Um but and, and all the characters are pretty easy to recognize. There's this one really awesome moment where he's sitting in a hospital bed and he's reading and he says, Then my sister appears out of thin air and does something she hasn't done in years. And she reaches under the bed and, like, is maybe feeling his junk. And then there's another panel right next to it and says, just as quickly she reali- she disappears. And I realize my madness hasn't gone. And it's just this really weird, like, I don't really fully understand this relationship yet. I don't really understand what's real or not yet. But uh, those puzzle pieces not fitting, like, three puzzle pieces from different puzzles not fitting together... Um, does an awesome job of then clearly illustrating a larger point of what it is that he's experiencing. So it does a nice job of like intelligently using like dream logic or intelligently using madness logic. Whereas a lot of times you can sort of, I, I check out if it feels like dream sequency, but this is grounded enough that, that you're not like, this is just some crazy lady. You're like, okay, this is his sister. Something happened. And as yeah. a result, this reoccurs in this way. Well, and there are a lot of nice little details, like uh, the surgeon is using the Burroughs method, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the dude that he's operating in the beginning, he's, he's operating on this guy and eating a little chunk of his brain that he's lobotomized from him. Um, the Burroughs method, I, I'm pretty sure that's referring to William Burroughs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because a, a couple sentences later, he's talking about how he perfected the cut-up technique, which is useful in the treatment of heroin addiction. Burroughs used to cut up cassettes yeah. and splice them in because he thought he could time travel or and he make also something did new. That and addiction, he did that with paper too, with tons of heroin. Text. Yeah. Yeah, 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 cut up text. He also um, so there's there's kind of a Kafka theme going yep. through this whole thing with mm-hmm. cockroaches. Also in Naked Lunch, Burroughs is um, the, the the character is an exterminator and deals with a lot of cockroaches and weird, gross bugs. Right. And, uh, it, it, that like, that is all a metaphor for heroin addiction in that book and in that movie. And I kind of wonder if that's not what we're seeing here. Like this famous kid who 
got addicted to heroin and is having some of these hallucinations like he's he's entering interzone like uh like the guy in naked lunch yeah yeah and, he, and even somehow the suites hotel ties into that into that other realm thing because the whole thing is the, is the shape of this giant it's like an elephant giant like indian niche. elephant with the with the whatever they call the the carriage on top yep the people rode and the way they use the language the suites like they describe like they keep talking about the suites and it doesn't feel like they're talking about a hotel they feel like a larger concept yeah 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 there's there's a lot going on in this oh i hadn't noticed that the play, the pub next to it is the black crown which is what they named their well, so yeah. that bears mentioning. So this is a new imprint in IDW, and it's led by Shelley Bond, who oh, right. is like really? from Vertigo, the Vertigo person, oh. the person who edited all of Grant Morrison's early stuff and edited. Uh, well, I have a list of it right here. She edited things like Shade, the Changing Man, Sandman, The Invisibles, uh, Dead Enders, I Zombie, and Lucifer, and Doom Patrol. And she worked with Gerard Way in creating the in, cre- in, in creating the Young Animal imprint. Um, so she's like an editor that I trust her work like stands. And apparently um, that's a pub in this new shared IDW universe where the yeah. characters can go and it will exist in all of those books. And that's I cool. think that's a really cool idea. Huh. Kind of like Munden's Bar in the 80s and a bunch yeah. of fantasy stories. And like the Vertigo stuff. stuff with like Hellblazer. Like, I don't know. I just feel like he hangs out at a bar where other people can be. Well, in like issue... 200 or 200 yeah 200 i think it was or an anniversary issue he goes into a bar and he meets all his creators yeah he hangs out with alan moore and grant morrison and and then i'm thinking about planetary actually the one issue with it's like spider jerusalem oh yeah morrison yeah whenever we're all in a bar together yeah um i i think that this book there's a lot going on in this book and i think it's really Really well done. I th- th- this is exactly the kind of story that I would normally kind of hate. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would t- say that we were reading it for the podcast or something, and I would read the first issue and, and tell you to fuck off forever. But I mm-hmm. think that this is this this has enough grounded material and enough kind of oblique references to things that I really like and have have gone down a rabbit hole with that. I, I identified with it a lot. Not in that I'm anything like this main character, <laughs> eating people's <laughs> brains and imagining weird stuff with my sister, but ugh. I've never met your sister, so I don't I don't know. Whether she Actually any of the born planets no, aside from your parents. There's really. no reason to have that relationship. So I uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I think. How did that, this get so weird? So I think that, I think that if the art had been just a step higher, I would have uh, like given it very close to a like a ten, like maybe yeah. a nine. As it stands, I'm going to give it an eight. I really liked it. I think that it, um, in the way that I liked Moon Knight, it really handled the unreliable narrator and it really handled mental illness in a way that puts one foot in in the character and shows you that madness and then also allows you to have one foot in the overarching narrative so it really speaks to the strength of the writer which is peter milligan um he writes plenty of stuff old he's school vertigo fantastic guy. ecstatics yeah. love him he's like uh like uh man i don't i don't i don't want to say a cut rate uh grant morrison but he's he's like for me he's just a step below grant morrison's 
skill level. He's really good at like meta stuff in the way that Morrison also yeah. is good at meta stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like this a lot. Uh, Roman's excitement for it got me pretty excited to read about it. So I, I was, I really dug it. Eight. Well, yeah, that's funny. I, I, it was your excitement for me. It got me to read it. It was the gold cover that Jeff really liked I was excited so about the Frank Whiteley cover, which is why we ordered a lot of it. I liked the description of it. I hadn't read it until today, and then you yeah. came in, and you were like, oh, oh I liked okay, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was like, Roman's right, excitement cool. that got me to not read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, an 8.5. Um, yeah, despite the art, it's... Uh, and and that's not even that's not even really meant no, the to be a slam good. on the yeah, art. Like, the art was good. It just wasn't quite as polished as I like. Like, if it, if it was the art from Maestro's in this book, Holy I would have shit. loved it. Yeah. Um, and those two books are are similar in the in the dream state. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this this one, I like the references in this one more than I like the references in Maestro's. My mistress. 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 Let's sit here and look at Roman. See, now I started, re-re- I started rereading it again. I'm, I'm gonna Please, it, I'm, we can hang I'm, out. we got I'm, 20 minutes of silence. Oh, okay, let's go. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. Nice. Because I think I am going to reread this tonight. Wow. I think it's going to be really good on a reread. And I yeah. actually I yeah. love how much like meta stuff is going on. I love the Burroughs stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the Kafka stuff. Like I really like... Yeah. I like when a book exists as a book and a solid story, but I also really like when a book, and that's what I love about Grant Morrison, is I love when a book makes me want to do personal work to understand these larger, like these larger concepts that are being referenced within it. Yeah, I'm really fascinated. All that, I mean, the idea that the suites, the actual hotel, is kind of a treatment procedure in itself. Mm he talks about the the patient and just the madness of other sufferers which are the guests and yeah and 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 yeah you'd mentioned today i i also think that justin would dig this book because i yeah. i think oh, that yeah. like it's just that idea of the like our own self-analysis of our madness and then the way that we kind of cure ourselves is by relating to other people that are mad and in this book a big thrust is apparently kid lobotomy like he is going to remove parts of the brain that are causing madness and consume them himself to like understand the, his own madness yeah. and that but then when he does that the you know this dude results the, the in some bad and you know and that was off there's a great twist in this that yeah, i don't even want to spoil a great it. twist i don't know yeah i won't spoil it but it, it by a guy who looks like Burroughs. William Burroughs. <laughs> oh, does he really? Yeah, yeah actually, that, that he does, dude. Yeah. What, the, when he said the Burroughs method, just that, even that first page, he looks like old man Burroughs. <laughs> Billy Burroughs. Bill Lee. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I didn't pick that up last night, but yeah. Yeah, there's like two panels in there where he doesn't look like Burroughs, and I'm going to chalk that up to not quite polished art. He also looks a lot like the guy from Wildstorm, who looks like fucking Bill Burroughs. <laughs> <laughs> I've never read any William Burroughs. Really? Yeah. Never uh, heard of him. That's I'll read some to you. I. Am not Raiden. well read. I uh, no. You've never heard of William Burroughs? No. Is he read Edgar Rice? Yes. <laughs> is he? No. Okay. I mean, in the same way that the Lone Ranger is related to uh, Tonto. No, Lone Ranger is uh, oh, related to Dad. Green Hornet. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're really related. I mean, Burroughs and Burroughs aren't related, are they? How do you know? Well, I don't. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pringles are for you, Roman. I've already had donuts and a <gasps> sub sandwich. You're gonna eat these when you get home tonight. Those are tasty. Was he inside your? He's not going I, home I, tonight. I bet they have MSG in them. We're staying here all night. We got more books to talk about. <laughs> what do you got? You no. got a you got a Star Wars buckshot round. No, 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 no. Hour? I, 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 I <laughs> got a quick MSG. I got a quick power minute. Okay, oh, let's go um, power minute. 
I just wanted to say Curse Words came out this week, which is similar. It's kind of like Maestro's Light. Yep. Uh, but all I wanted to say about it was there's a football game going on, and one of the teams uh, is called the Airplanes. <laughs> and I think that's a great name for a football team. And one of the fans had, like, an airplane hat. <laughs> that's why I like that comic. Yeah. because of, like... That's so dumb. Yeah. It's so funny, though. Yeah, no, I like I like that a lot. Um, Boy, I think that's all of it. Did we do this whole show with only, like, one laser sound that I probably shouldn't have done at the beginning? It was a good laser sound. Do you want to make, like, lasers be a, a regular thing? Nah. Hey, I'm no, Django, the laser guy. I love lasers, but... I'm Jeff. I'm Roman. I'm Braden. That felt weird. These pants don't fit. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little tight in the stomach area.